introduction. <laughs> Welcome to Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast. We are an official Apple podcast uh, sponsored by the Westport Library and the Quick Center for the Arts. And my name is Migs Burroughs. And I'm Trace Burroughs. And we're very excited to have on our show today, John Wade. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> former lead singer of the Babies, set a solo career for decades. And I just want to say, um, up front that I've been listening to your music ever since the late 70s. I still listen to it. I'm a singer and Whoa. I still practice to your songs, the early ones, you know, every time I think of you and uh, anytime you've got the time and all those um, for endlessly. So I've been listening to them. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Look with the singing. Pardon? Good luck with the singing. Yeah, good luck. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you haven't done too bad <laughs> yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been it's been fun. So you've you've you know had a lot of you've had like I think ten solo albums, right? Yeah. And the babies had five albums on their own. Yeah. Um, and a, and a bunch of hit singles. Um. So now you're going to be playing at the Wall Street Theater tomorrow night. Yeah. What time is that? And where can people buy tickets? I have no idea. <laughs> sure to... well, go to wallstreettheater.com. I'm yeah, sure. I'll find it. Uh, I have no idea at all. Uh, I, I suppose if you go online and hit Wall Street Theater, yeah. it'll come up. There's a meet and greet. And... Um, that's all I know. We've, we've been uh, we flew for the first time on the tour yesterday. Oh. Uh, we've been driving only like a hundred miles or so between gigs. So I just have, uh, sing, get to the hotel, crash, <laughs> wake up, coffee myself into oblivion, and get back in the van. It's great, really. But I I don't really ask uh, the venue. I just mm. kind of get a rough proximity of the gig and and i'm i'm in you know right you know how many dates on the tour we should sort of sort of plug the tour how many dates and how long is it gonna, how well, long it gonna be performing it's four in a row starting tomorrow and then we have a break and i'm not sure what happens after that um there are dates there but in august we're going out with um rick springfield oh. uh on a tour of America and, and, and uh, it worked too, right? Work. Yep. It's, uh, and we're playing quite big places. So we're doing that as well. And, um, as well as, you know, the odd festival and, uh, theaters, you know, that's what we, we, we do. We do. And then we're going to Europe in September, I think. Right. You go to Japan and any of those Asian countries. Well, we're not doing that this time. We're going to um, Holland, and we're looking at Germany. Uh, but right now, it's kind of like a, a, a pretty much a, a full dance card in Holland. Yeah. Are you, do you have a? Is there a country that particularly uh, uh, is enamored with you? Because we we asked the Air Supply. Um, we we interviewed them. They uh, they said that. I think, I guess it was Australia. Maybe that's where they come from. But anyway, they were a huge hit for her, and it took the U.S. a long time to catch on. Well, no, there's a, there's a small town um, uh, outside Saskatchewan where we are really huge. 
think I've paid for a beer there for the last 30 years. <laughs> yeah. We get off, we, we land on a lake, on the <laughs> end, you know, and they row us in and there's a, <laughs> a, a welcoming party every time. Huge schedule. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't tell if you're serious, but it sounds an interesting it's story. Yeah. What's wrong with Saskatchewan? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> um, so I was reading up on all kinds of sort of tidbits through the decades, things that happened. So going back again in time to the babies, it said that someone had like grabbed you or something and you hurt your leg. Yeah, that's that's um, <clears throat> that's a story. But I, I, I sort of uh, jumped off the riser. My leg went one way and I went oh, the other. Oh, oh man. And uh, that was the end of the bit. Well, but it was already over. Jonathan was it? journey and that was just, and I, that was it. It was just sort of the impetus for, for break, ending it, right? Well, it, it just sped things up. You know I mean? Um, we were done and uh, he jumped ship and that was it. Yeah. How about the the other members of Babies that they go off doing? Um... Well, they went to Rod Stewart. Uh, Wally and Tony went to Rod Stewart. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ricky wound up in sticks. He's with sticks. Um, I don't know. I mean, everybody seems to have landed on their feet, you know. I was in sticks too, but it was the one. <laughs> <laughs> a local no, he was stick I, before there was a sticks in our hometown the, seven years before the sticks were the sticks i had a band local band called the sticks we played you know colleges and high schools yeah <laughs> yeah s-d-y-x yeah um anyhow that really threw everything off the tracks <laughs> um I'm curious. What can people people want to know? What what can we expect? Are you playing the hits? Or what are you gonna Are you gonna do new stuff? Combination? You know, people want to know what to expect on a tour. Well, I, some of the gigs have been just playing a, a bunch of acoustic songs first, and the band come out, and then it's all electric. Uh, I had a record out last year. It was a triple acoustic album called Wooden Heart. And we were doing a lot of unplugged dates behind that. Um, so we wanted to feature some of those songs. But we try and um, play the songs that people want to hear. Sure. But um, by dent of that, it's songs that, that we want to hear. Yeah. Um, I'm not really into playing something I don't like just because it was a hit. But, I mean, I got a lot of songs. Sure. I mean, a lot. Yeah. If we had two hours plus, we couldn't get through it all. So every night's different. And um, it's a very intimate thing. If somebody shouts out, play this song, we go right into it, really. Oh, oh. There are Dylan songs. I've just covered Masters of War mm. uh, that's on iTunes, iTunes only. But uh, Masters of War, I'm planning on putting that in the set soon. Um, it's a very fluid thing. It's just there's, there's there's what we know we have to do and then what we know we should do mixed into the same but, cup, you know. That means that do you have to do, is there a long rehearsal process or you're just pretty oh, nimble? There's no rehearsal. Yeah. You just we have sound checks and we learn the songs. Um, the band has, have been with me for a long time, so it's just a case of... Uh, we don't even warm up. 
Half of the joy of music is uh, being surprised and walking forward. And uh, there are no pre-recorded tapes. You know, this isn't arena rock. Yeah. That crap. It's not. <laughs> it's music. And it's inspired. And, and uh, we changed gears mid-show. I mean, it's a very organic thing. Um, I really do avoid that kind of other thing, you know. The, the big arena. The corporate thing. I, yeah. I, I can't do that. That's, well, one of your quotes is that your songwriting is, is a knee-jerk reaction to life, which is kind of, I know, oh, that's phrase before. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it is. I write about what's in front of me. Uh, and um, even as much as talking about Masters of War, um, I was drawn to that. Uh, on the anniversary of 9-11, we were playing a show with uh, Neil Giraldo, Pat Benatar, my old friends, and I wanted to, um, I wanted to sort of say something about 9-11. Mm -hmm. It's a stupendous event in American history, and I wasn't going to just go out there and play a bunch of pop songs. Or I wanted to do something. So I had Kyle Cook on guitar, and my my uh, regular guitar player, Mark Rashadi, Tim Hogan, and Roger Carter was playing drums, but Neil Giraldo came out and joined us, mm. and we played Masters of War. Oh, great. And, uh, and then I recorded it in a studio at the beginning of the war in Ukraine, and I was sort of incensed by that. But mm. I did want to sort of say something about that. I mean, in the world of Kardashians and Mickey Mouse, mm. and, um, <laughs> yeah. drive through burger joints and, and such a lot of the distractions, bread and circuses, you know, I wanted, I wanted to draw attention to the Ukraine in some humble way um, that wasn't, um, I just try to give people something to listen to that mattered. Yeah. And the first time I heard that song, I was 14. The sad part is it's still relevant. Yeah, that's the shame of it. We're both of Ukrainian descent. We're, we weren't born there, but our grandparents were Ukrainians. Oh, well, you know. Mm. Um, but so thank you. But yeah, it's, you know, it's weird to being, you know, there's so much of this kind of ludicrous stuff. And every, I think maybe it's denial. Nobody wants to face the bar, barbarianism that's going on in the world. I don't know. But uh, well, you know, if you, if, if you, like I went to the, generally, the, the newspapers in Britain, the good ones, that have the, the situation in Ukraine in bold letters and, and a real good update of what's happening. Uh, some days, it's like, you know, the most absurd shit you could imagine, like the royal family kind of, <laughs> Meghan and Harry and all that stuff. Mm. And there's people being blown to pieces within, you know, a thousand miles. And... Um, and then over here is the Kardashians or it's America's Got Talent or whatever the fuck it is. But <laughs> yeah. people dying. Yeah. People it, dying and being ground into the into the earth by a superpower. Mm. Last, you know, a month ago, we're taking the kids to school and reading books and uh, painting pictures and riding bicycles and living their lives. And some moronic fuck from Russia has decided to destroy the country. It, yeah, it's it's. it's you know, I mean, we should all be talking about that. 
Yeah, no, it's true. It's 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 incredible. I look at the ruins. I mean, what? First of all, I mean, I'm gonna get into a discussion of a pop, the, the military, uh, whatever. But it, what, what's he conquering? He's conquering rubble. I mean, he's destroyed the countries. He's, he's well, going to. You know, if he gets in there and he crushes the country, the the Ukrainians will snipe, mm-hmm. and, and they'll use guerrilla tactics, and just like the Russians in Afghanistan, they'll have to leave. Mm-hmm. You can't win. No. Yeah. This is just, this is, um, what do you call that when somebody's just a blowhard? Well, it's insanity, basically. It's, <laughs> I mean, there's no mental maniac, you know. Um, hubris. It's like hubris, yeah. Hubris. And then, and it's like physical hubris. It's, it's the most insane thing watching it. I, I'm wondering, you know, I know the United States doesn't want to go in there. Um, shoot down planes because they're afraid it's going to escalate into yeah. like, atomic warfare. But uh, when do you, you, you know, um, what do you draw the line? They've got to go in there. People are dying, and uh, uh, or someone's got to take out Putin and his little circle of friends there that are like put, putting this, sh- doing, making these decisions. Can't the CIA? Yeah. Like, wow. <clears throat> yeah. It's throwing but, money around. I mean, can't they offer someone $50 million to take them out? I mean, yeah, it's all like- yeah it would be wonderful, wouldn't it? But um, they'd, they'd probably get Putin too. There was one of his henchmen. <laughs> yeah, right. And they, I just got back from England, but there was a picture of one of his henchmen in the paper. And this guy looks like something out of um, a James Bond movie. He's white as a sheep. He has red lips, full lips, blue eyes. And and blonde hair, and he looks like something out of an Ian Fleming. Yeah, yeah. And he's and he's the killer. They're going to send him in. Yeah, he's the new general. Into into oh yeah, he's famous for like killing people. Oh yeah, so he's very sadistic. Well, on that happy note, (laughs) (laughs) that's something more lighthearted. Um, So I've seen to you, you know, your solo albums. You've you've covered some people, other people, writers' songs. How yeah. how would like Diane Warren? How did you get that her song put in front of you, or did you just seek it, find it? You know, stumble. What, when I see you smile. Mm. When I see you smile. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. No, I knew Diane, and uh, <clears throat> I've known her for years, and. Um, when Bad English were kind of finishing the record, uh, the A&R guys stayed away from us, you know, just stayed away. We, we weren't having any input from anybody. It was bad enough uh, wrestling with the songs, you know. And um, I, it, I, Diane had this song that he, he, the A&R guy was like saying, well, you know, what about this song? And he was being very polite about it. And because he'd said out of the way so much, I went to the band and said, come on, let's just cut this song. And, you know, it'd be nice for him to, to, to at least say they tried it, it didn't work. But with a band like that, anything you play is going to sound pretty spectacular. And um, so we got this, and it isn't even one of Diane's best songs. You know, Diane can turn around and break your heart. And... Uh, this was just really just a pop song. And we just did what we did. And, the, and at the end of 
running through it in the studio, it was like, well, that's the number one, isn't it? And then it was like, yeah, but we don't need it. And then it was like, yeah, but, you know, it's number one. And, you know, the next thing you knew, it's on the record. But it was, um, I think we we could have done better songs, you know? It's, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty song, but it's not for the ages, you know? Right. So nowadays with um, streaming and, you know, you got to have like 10,000 streams on Spotify to make $30. Yeah. Where, how do you... What was the best avenue that you sell your music through? Which which port? Well, I didn't put um, I didn't put uh, Masters of War on Spotify mm -hmm. uh, because of that, and I think streaming music has been the final nail in the coffin of mm. uh, the troubadour. Um, unless you are corporate and you have a machine behind you, I think. Uh, it's very tough for any young band to come out and do anything. We're driving around here in Boston and they have a very, very good station that plays like alternate young rock. In fact, we're just playing Alison Krauss and Robert Plant when we um, pulled in. But, uh, and I was listening to it last night and it's great, you know, and I'm wondering how they can even afford to go in the studio. I mean, and nobody's going to buy that music. You know, they might, you might get to sell a couple of CDs in a small club. But I, I worry for the, for the future of music if it's just going to become like Disney, you know. Mm. It's going to be like a corporation that, that releases music. And you have to be in that corporation to have it get to the public. Right. That, that, that seems to be, you know, just the cost of production, touring, uh, hiring a studio, you know. It's beyond most people now. Right. There's, you get, I'm sorry. People go out to buy, buy your album or go to look, where would you like them to go to buy it? So where you make the most money yeah. from purchase? Well, I've got a distributor. We have a new EP coming out in, um, in about 10 days. Anything, right? Anything, yeah. And it's four songs. And uh, that's going to be in Target and all the major outlets. Okay. It's the guy distributes it, you know, and I have my own record label because I made enough money and I've, I've got a reputation so people know who I am. Mm. So it was not easy to get that far and establish yourself, obviously. It's been my entire life. But um, you find out once you get a distributor and you're making records, like printing them up, the profit is absurd. You realize all these years, well, why the record company mm. have these incredible big buildings yeah, right. <laughs> like on Madison Avenue and stuff and live like Rogers, you know. And, yeah. and then you look at the profit you've made on a CD and it's like, are you kidding? You yeah. know, and it's, and it's it's so easy to do. And the musician should be in skyscrapers and the, and the, the record. Yeah, well, you know. Should be maybe, in a tent. Maybe, or maybe not. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> who really wants to do that? But, Just um, but that's, I, you know, I've got my own labels, so I, I'm, I'm pretty free. Do you get any, I'm just curious because I'm looking at some, you know, some of your revisiting your videos online. Like, uh, when I see you smile, it's 47 million views on YouTube. Did, mm. Is there anything go to you? 
Is that just who says that? I mean, 47. I have no idea. I, have no idea. Yeah. I mean, the law keeps changing and uh, the record companies keep uh, biting back mm. and creating, um, discovering caveats that yeah. were in the, in, you know, and legalese that they can turn and twist. There's nothing uh, humanly uh, reasonable about a record company. They've just got lawyers that are just eating people alive. <clears throat> I'm yeah. trying to get some of the, um, I'm trying to get some of my masters back. And he went all the way to the courts in New York City and the record company won on a technicality. Oh my God. You would think at this point, with they made all the money out of the artists yeah. for all these years, they say, you know what? We're going to strike a deal and, if, and we're going to split the masters and then the bands are going to be happy and they'll go out and tour again. You really? They don't. It's no. the worst kind of people are controlling the music yeah. in the world. They're like troll Putins. Yeah, they're just, uh, yeah. they just want to decimate. You know, it's like Neil Young had this really beautiful thing he said um, because he had a real problem with Spotify. And uh, he made this statement uh, about six weeks ago about walking as the light and being an artist. Mm -hmm. And, um, man, I read that and I was on board. I just said, you know, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to play, if you're going to stream my music and you stream it a million times, I get a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, really. Yeah, all your who's making all the money? Who's keeping it? Yeah, all your videos have tens of millions of hits. Um, if we could switch gears a little because we're both Trace is a musician, but we're both visual artists as well. And you're an artist, and 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 a lot of your is is sold out on your website. Is these yeah. things you do day? Do you do you draw these little things daily? Yeah, I've just been to Michael's and picked up some canvases and uh, yeah. some drawing tools and stuff. And we sell it at shows. I mean, it's like uh, uh, there's bigger canvases. The cover of Masters of War uh, was a painting I did, and it's about three feet by four feet. And, um, you know, I just saw the canvas in a junk store. <laughs> I wrote it home and painted over it and just decided to paint as much as I could. But uh, that particular painting is quite is, is a strong piece. Uh, if you go on the internet, you see Masters of War, you'll see that painting. Yeah. Um, some of it is, is very lighthearted. It's, it's just like a, a, a deluxe version of an of a autograph. It's like a cartoon of me. So, yeah, yeah. And then, or it might, I might write a lyric out and put a small portrait of myself. There's a whole series on different artists. There's, there's a, there's been pencil drawings of the spawn of Paddy Smythe, uh, Smith, yes. Paddy, <laughs> yeah. and, um, and Eric Sarty, the composer. Interesting faces. They're just crying out to be painted, you know. So, um, I hope when I hang up my spurs and come off the road, I'm going to be go back to painting completely. I wonder what that, you know, a lot of musicians, I mean, John Wood and, uh, well, John Lennon, I mean, were accomplished and you, you know, accomplished artists and you went to art school. And yeah. then what, did you have hopes of be, being like a fine artist? Or well, you still yeah. are, you are a fine artist, you're both. Yeah. 
but did, was that meant to be a career path? Uh, well, you know, back in the, those times, it was it was people thought that was a realistic thing to reach for. Um, some of my relatives and my friends, uh, the ones that became painters and moved on, uh, they, you either, you went to the Royal College in London, or you didn't. Or you, uh-huh. And if you didn't, you were going to be painting walls uh, <laughs> or pools in restaurants, you know. But uh, a good friend of mine, Ben Kelly, who was a couple of years older than me, he went to the Royal College, and um, he actually designed the interior of the Hacienda in Manchester, which was the birthplace of all the uh, the Manchester dancing, you know. But people like that that I went to art school with, Joe Wright was about three years ahead of me, and he became uh, incredibly famous and, and he illustrated this kid's book about a dog. But the incredibly gifted guy, those two guys were like the... the the high note of my art school. And by the time I was ready to leave, I was already playing in a local band. And it was just faster. Yeah. If I felt any kind of emotional pain or whatever, I could just pick up a guitar and start singing. Uh, if you don't have a voice or you can't play the guitar and you can paint, you're going to take a couple of weeks to paint something. But I found it was just being a kind of spontaneous person Music fit me better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's nice you can do both. I mean, Trace does both. I'm not a musician, so I do one thing. Do you have a, you have a writing partner for your songs ever? or you, it's all, you Well, it's usually the guitar player. It doesn't matter who's in the room. I start playing, and uh, if somebody's in the room and joins in, they might suggest a chord that will take me somewhere. I need a soundboard. You know, I found that I need an audience to write or to be or to paint or to actually, I'm, I'm probably performing now. You know, it's like without that mirror yeah. to look at and, and try and impress or communicate with, I'm completely speechless. Hmm. I, 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 I might as well put my feet up, crack a beer and watch TV. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but once... I'm in motion. It's almost unstoppable. I mean, I kind of take over, but I really do love a collaborative thing. Uh, if you're working with somebody that's unusual, you're going to go to a place instead of playing an A minor, you might play a B flat. Mm. And that's the difference. It's like the road less traveled, you know, you're going <laughs> to go somewhere, you're going to go somewhere that you didn't expect, you know? Yeah. Um, this is out of nowhere, but if if, if I was going to pick somebody to to play you in the in a biopic, the movie of your life, I think it might be Gary Oldman. Has anybody ever? Oh yeah, that would be good. I like Gary. Yeah. I like Gary. I mean, he's just. Uh, I mean, he's a. Uh, he's just. He's just a great actor. Yeah. Have you have you written? Are you have are you? Keeping a journal, are you intent on writing a, a story? I mean, a story, a, a life, you know, a biography? Well, there is, a, there is a, uh, a documentary coming out later this year, a full-scale, full-budget, two cameras, people being interviewed all over the world. 
Wow. That's coming out. Is it? And I, I, yeah. And I finally watched it um, about two months ago. It's been finished for like six months and I refused to watch it. Oh. And uh, I watched it. And all I could think of is that I could edit that better. You know, I wasn't worried about <laughs> saying fuck or, or somebody, <laughs> you know, I was this or that. As a piece of art, I kept thinking I would have cut sooner to that and I would have used this, uh-huh. you know, because that's that's art. You know, everything you look at where you put a coffee cup down, it's you leave Choices. on art. Yeah, yeah. Choices. everything is a choice in life. And it's uh, what you leave out generally. Um, but as far as writing a book, um, I think my life has been so complex mm. and it started from a place that you probably wouldn't believe if you saw it, you know, the English countryside in the fifties and the sunshine hitting the cornfields and trees mm. and wildlife and gi- a gigantic park opposite where I was raised and I raised in a terraced house, a cottage, an English cottage. Uh, I mean, it blows my mind, and I lived it, you know. But to write that accurately and put that in, in context, that's something. I mean, I you know, Keith Richards got very close to it. I think that Keith Richards actually, I mean, he. I think Keith was interviewed. He didn't just sit there with a piece of, but I think he just he just talked and then somebody edited the uh, the script and he read it and said, okay, you know, but uh, Bruce Springsteen, of, I mean, he had a natural, authentic, uh, his, his autobiography surprised that I didn't finish it. Because when it got to Live Aid, I lost interest. Mm-hmm. Because that's when it, everything just went too big to control. But his life and his relationship with his father, yeah. who had illness and was an alcoholic, the lonesomeness of, of, of his young life and catch as catch can, trying to make his band work, wandering around in the same clothes, you know, just looking for this thing in his life. Mm. It's grail, you know, and his parents leaving for California and he stayed in Jersey. Mm. And it's almost like Kerouac at some point, that wonderful bit about um, when uh, Jack gets off this, uh, this truck and there's all these young kids in this truck going on keeping on and they're under a blanket looking out at the stars and he said they look like kids you know before they go to bed i mean it was like that you see um when when bruce finally leaves home he's in the back of this wagon and he's pulling down the street and there's a parallel to that you know and it's america and and you know to describe america that uh, you know is so authentic the experience that raises the bar, you know? It just raises the bar. You get people who have, you know, ghost-written biographies, and fuck me. If you're going to write your biography, write it, you know? It's going to take you a year. If you're going to have to bring some idiot in that's like couldn't think of anything better to do with his Sundays, (laughs) 
you know, I mean, you, then you shouldn't be writing it. And a lot of people try to rewrite the past. I've read some stuff. Uh, one guy in particular, where it was just absolute fantasy, trying to write and take out all the shit things that he'd done in his life and take credit for stuff. And you read it and you think, wow, you know, if you're going to do it, man, you should really rip the can off, you know, the top of the can and, and, you know, see what people actually do. Yeah. But but they're those kind of guys that write that, they're, you know, it's a page turner. And then there's just glamour trying to, promote yourself as being a really great guy, you know? Yeah. If you write a fucking thing, you're probably not a great guy. <laughs> yeah. It's like sell some uh, a bill of goods, you know? Yeah, the, no, the best ones are in the, the raw voice, the real voice. Even if it's not, the grammar's not correct, it doesn't matter. It's your voice. Yeah. You know, that's what yeah. people want to hear. Um. Any uh, parting? Well, I have one quick question because uh, I'm always asked this because I'm curious because uh, performing, even though I've never done it and I've seen Watch Trace do it when he used to play the drums and how physically demanding it is. Do you have a physical, do you have a health regimen that keeps you uh, keeps you standing upright above ground? No, I, I uh, my guitar player and uh, my drummer go to the gym and uh, I just sleep. <laughs> That's a good sleep good Tremendous amount of energy. I, I've always been very hyper. Oh, not hyper. Well, I was hyper as a kid, but I certainly have a lot of. I mean, I we played this gig uh, night before last, and it's probably one of the best shows I ever played in my life. Hmm. And we'd had a gig the night before that was not so good. My voice was not so good, and I, and I felt tired. I just got back from Europe. I haven't been home for a month, you know, so it's still catching up. But I nailed this show. I just walked out and, and I was on 10 for like an hour and a half. Mm. And you wonder where that comes from. But it's like somebody counting in the music. You dance, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like it It just it's what it is. It's what music does. It's this trim transformative power mm-hmm. and the audience go with you. Um, it's not rehearsed and it, you're always waiting for it to, to find you, to be the conduit for that energy, you know? Um, but when you find it, it's the most wonderful thing in the world. You know, it's what you were made to do as a human being. And then you look out and there's a thousand people looking at you, understanding what you're doing. Yeah, and feeling it. Yeah. yeah. And and I think for anybody in life to be understood by another human being, to, to be in a room full of people that actually are on the same plane because you're being in this sort of trance-like state, really, because I never know what notes I'm going to sing next. Mm-hmm. Sit in front of a mirror going, how do I look when I hit a C? I just come out there and fucking sing. I don't even warm up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. And, that, if, and if it cracks, if the voice cracks, you yeah. know. It's real. It's humanity, you know. And maybe that's probably why I keep doing it. It's, it's, it's as fascinating for me as it might be for the audience. You know? Well, your, pa- your passion communicates with everything you talk about. 
I'm sorry if I went off about the Ukraine. No, no not no. at all. It's important. No. It's worth it. I wake up thinking about it. It's all it. good. Uh, and uh, love your passion about whatever you talk about. Yeah. You're, you've got an opinion and it's, uh, you know, it's really riveting, you know. Well, I think we've all got an opinion. It's just that we're, we're living in times where it's drive-through politics. Nothing's yeah. real anymore. Yeah, but you are witnessing something in the world at this moment, this genocide. And it isn't some African country that we can't pronounce the name of. Yeah. It isn't in the wrong end of China. It's like, it's, it's the, you know, it's where Russia ends and the Europe begins. Right. It's yeah. families, you know. It's like your hometown. Uh being bombed by the next hometown because they want the football team or something. But there are babies, women, grandparents, horrible young men, young women. There's race, exploding. There's the worst things happening. Yeah. And the and the world has to keep paying attention. They're fighting for their lives there, and it could be you or I. Absolutely. No, I, I'm glad we talked about it because it, it it'd be silly to to have a normal conversation and pretend it and not never talk about it because it's there and it's important and it, and it affects, puts everything in perspective. Yeah, my point as before, you know, like on the front of the papers, you know, you know, Kim Kardashian, yeah. dead bear her midriff. <laughs> it's like, you really, you know, and then underneath that is a picture of like a body that's just no longer even looking human on the street in Ukraine. And the fact that Kim, you know what bothers me? Kim doesn't even mention it. You know, mm. she's still concerned with, with you know. Lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, to be in the moment here, people. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, I really appreciate you sharing all that. It's, 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 that's what's important is to share, you know, not, not, the, not the plastic kind of responses. There was, a lot of people just want to give, but um, Tracy, do you have any last uh, thoughts no. or words? Well, John, it's been fantastic talking to you. And um, um, we... Uh, Good luck on the tour. Yeah. Oh, this, is, uh, this is the new CD. Oh yeah, anything. Oh great. Is that backwards? No, no. See it. Oh, I mean, it might be in your screen. No, we see it come out right. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's pretty good. Four songs. They're all pretty strong. And um, and would, would you like people to go to buy get that? Yeah, you well, you can get it on iTunes in ten days. You can get it at Target. Uh, any music outlet that's a major, they'll have it. Well, you should mention your website is johnwaitworldwide.com. Johnwaitworldwide.com. You, you can go. get art, t-shirts, badges. Yeah. Uh, and, and artwork, if there's any left. Yeah. yeah. You can actually buy some of the pieces that are, that are um, more interesting than just the usual. Yeah. Excellent. Look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for your time, and God bless you. Yeah. Thank you.